Hey everyone, and welcome to Zero Distortion. Alright, so today we're going to be talking about a band called Warforged. This is going to be... Okay, interesting sounds going on. This is going to be an analysis, kind of like the... Uh, what episode was that? It's episode 3. It was the Wills Dissolve episode, where we kind of really dug more into the songs and the structures and the lyrics and concepts so this is kind of what i've been alluding to here for a bit because i didn't really think that this was tied to their debut album that came out last year which i'm also going to be doing an analysis on i'm working on that now i didn't realize that it kind of ties in but it, it kind of does. There's some themes that kind of cross over. And, I mean, we might as well cover this because it, it, it seems like they've got a huge concept on their hands that they kind of want to um, bring to us here. So Warforged is a band from Chicago, Illinois, my, my hometown where I was born, formed in 2012, and they're blackened progressive death metal. I don't think I've explained the idea of progressive metal or rock yet, but it's, I think it's usually just seen as music that kind of pushes the bounds of general convention, you know, like your first chorus, first chorus, bridge, structure of songs. It's usually that's not present anywhere. It's not present on this album and it's not present on their other album. It's not, it, there's some, there's some prog acts that still do verse, chorus, verse, chorus, and that's fine because prog isn't just about, you know, that. It's lots of different things. I mean, weird instrumentation, odd time signatures, and time signature changes, things like that. So when you, when you put a lot of that stuff together, it can create progressive music. Now, uh, progressive is a little bit harder to pin down than blackened blackened when added to another genre like blackened sludge or blackened death metal literally means it's it has elements of black metal so like the instrumentation may be similar with kind of the strummed chords and blast beats shrieked vocals and that's all present here but honestly what i what i found with these guys at least the blackened part it does come it does come through but it's not as prevalent overall as the death metal part and uh, i can't really think of a good point of reference for these guys i i stumbled on them last year when their first album or their debut album blew up i stumbled onto them then and I, I've been searching since then to find bands that are not not just as good, but have a similar element of atmosphere to their music, a similar a similar feeling. Cause see, this album doesn't really do it so much as the other album as their debut. I don't want to talk too much about it here, cause I'm gonna do a full analysis on it. And that one's actually going to be monstrous. I'm afraid of how long it's going to be because Echoes was a 30 minute song, a 30 minute one song album. This is a, an EP that runs under a quarter of an hour and the full length album that these guys put out last year is 73 minutes long. Uh, <laughs> I've already done track breakdowns for most of it six tracks I think I think I just started on track seven and I mean but just just to paint the picture here those last three tracks make up like 30 minutes of the uh, runtime yeah about 30 about 30 minutes so I'm afraid of how long that's gonna be but I mean we'll just play it by ear I don't want to talk about that album too much here but I will touch on this something that these guys really do well that 
a bunch of a lot of other bands I've experienced just can't make me feel this way. These guys have a way of 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 making the music it's cacophonous at times, but it's also claustrophobic. It feels like it's sucking the air out of your lungs. There's so much going on and there's so much just there's so many different things happening like it feels like when you go to take a breath it's just you you're just gasping for air i don't know how to describe it but we'll definitely touch a lot more on that when we reach their uh their debut album also hopefully this goes out on halloween it should and uh even if it doesn't you know happy halloween Good haunting to you and yours. Uh, it's it's been a it's been a weird it's been a weird time here lately. Been very interesting. Hard to find time to uh, record, but uh, early morning here, everybody's asleep except me. So uh, we can we can kind of take a bite out of some of this stuff. So that's Warforged. The album is called Essence of the Land. It's an EP that was released January 2nd, 2014. It's four tracks, 14 minutes and 20 seconds. Really short, really straight to the point, but it's it's basically like one big movement, which is kind of, I think that's kind of their hallmark because their full length, one voice does the same thing. It's just a huge movement very good stuff this actually as i said their second album came out or their debut full length came out last year this came out 2014 what happened it took them that long to make it i don't really think there were any delays or any any shenanigans i think they just took that long and i mean when you look at the i still have to compile the list and like reference all of the different people but there are so many people involved in making that that full length debut like there's so many people doing all different things but we're not, not going to talk about that this uh this is this is funny to me because this came out in 2014 and a lot of people picked up on it a lot of people heard it and a lot of people were blown away by it and were really hungry for more and more didn't come for another five years because you know these guys were really perfecting their craft and really putting together something special something memorable now from what the guys have said this is I've tried not to like super research it a lot but my idea is I want to get my take of what I'm seeing, what what I'm hearing here, without really just kind of regurgitating. <laughs> Funny I said that word, we'll get to it. Uh, without just kind of regurgitating what they have said about their own art. Their own art. So, Essence of the Land is basically a ghost story. And... I don't I'm not entirely I'm not entirely sure how it fills into the to the other album because the other album isn't just a ghost story it's more about like dreams and things like that but I'm guess I'm thinking from some of the themes I've heard as I've been kind of breaking things down and taking notes for that one I've kind of found that I think I think that uh, the a lot of the themes in here are weaved into the dreams and whatnots that go on in uh, in this in this EP. So uh, yeah, I guess we can go ahead and uh, start breaking it down. Get into it. All right. So starting off, we have track one diabolical being so the song starts off with it sounds like a cello it 
I don't know, it really sounds like some kind of horror movie thing. It's, I mean, it's definitely not a theremin, but it sounds like a cello to me. Not a violin. It's definitely one of those stringed instruments, an orchestral instrument. It's almost vibrating for a couple of bars. And then this clean guitar comes in and plays kind of arpeggios. And then the band just swoops in basically playing the same riff with uh, full distortion and the time is in 4-4 four, four here and there's some leads also intertwined in here then there's a switch to 6-4 with some screams and chords coming in and the chords almost sound like leads themselves but I mean they, they're not really leads it's just they kind of take center stage and they, they they kind of step in front of everything else. Um, the drums at this point have become furious with double bass and blast beats. It's an absolutely pummeling riff that we're going to hear variations of throughout. I'm going to call it the evergreen riff because it reminds me of, it reminds me of a forest. It, I don't know why it just sounds it just sounds like running through a forest and being absolutely lost not knowing where I'm at even though this song or this story takes place not in a forest but in a uh, swamp we'll get into that so still in 6-4 growls start to fade in and you get you get to hear Adrian for real for the first time this this guy is this guy is it chief he's fantastic his lows are deep and ugly and scary like <laughs> I, I don't want to say he's got the toilet bowl deep growls but they're close and it doesn't even sound like he's trying it sounds like he could go even further if he wanted to this is not my final form it sounds like that and then his shrieks his screams are ungodly it's like on one end he's like a he's like a big scary orc and then on the other end of the spectrum he's a, a freaking goblin it's crazy anyways the growls fade in and a new kind of fast riff starts playing and after a few measures it switches to five four for a bit uh and then it ends with two measures of four four and then to three four maybe two measures before a new riff begins and uh <laughs> that's something you're gonna have to get used to with these guys there's lots of crazy time signatures and changes and things like that like they they've got some weird stuff going on with their music um this point adrian is screeching now you can hear what i'm telling telling you about then we get a short solo i'm pretty sure like a hundred percent of this is these guys whereas the second album they've got a bunch of solos and they're done by a bunch of people a bunch of people you probably heard of if you're into this kind of music i know i said i was gonna do all kinds of different stuff mostly what i've done on this show has been it's mostly been progressive metal in some way shape or form because that's that's what i lean towards i'm uh, I'm, I'm sorry I'm trying to at least not just make it progressive death metal bands even though I'm covering a progressive death metal band right now but uh, I'm trying to kind of switch things up even though the next couple plans I have are for some progressive death metal bands but we're gonna try and uh, we're gonna try and keep it a little bit varied anyways so you get a short solo it's still in 3-4 at this point um and it's followed by a return of that evergreen riff that we talked about at the beginning of the song. As Adrian growls and screams into the end of the song, just really powerful sounding, emotional stuff. And now we can get into the lyrics. Their lyrics, I don't think they rhyme. I never really look for rhymes in their lyrics. Their lyrics are more so just like you could read them just as a story, a standalone story without really missing a step. You could just read them. You don't have to 
there doesn't have to be a certain cadence to them. The way Adrian kind of vocalizes over the music is it's not uniform. It's not like dictated by the music. It kind of goes with the beat, but I don't know how to, I don't know. There's probably a term for it. I don't know because I'm not a music theory person. I don't, I don't know a lot of this stuff and what I do know, I just know as passing knowledge, but the vocals really kind of have their own, they kind of have their own place in the mix. So judging from the lyrics, this sounds like someone close to our main character. They were playing in a swamp. These are surely children playing in a swamp and one of them has fallen into the swamp near their father's house. A, light, a slight misstep and Kara fell off the edge and into the swamp waters below. What could I do? Depart and get help. Just hold on. The only words of comfort I could muster. Tearing through the thick and winding muck, I escaped the marsh and made it to my father's house. Every night the fireflies dance, spoke for the essence of the land. <laughs> There's the title. Anyways, this, 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 hmm. So, from this, you can, I, I, I kind of guessed that it is a, that they were children and that it's a sibling that fell in. Spoiler alert, I'm right. Uh, the last line there seems to imply that the one who fell in probably didn't get out alive. It seems as though our protagonist ran away to get help but never came back with the help probably got way too scared because being a kid when something like this happens you don't want to get in trouble for it you don't want to experience that because you know it could be bad news for you you don't want to get in trouble so you think it's better to just not tell anybody even though as full-grown adults we all know it's much better to actually you know face the problems but little kids don't want to do that and the last line like I said it, it kind of implies that that person who fell in the kid who fell in didn't get out alive it sounds like sounds like the protagonist is haunted almost by these fireflies fireflies are gonna be a, a returning nuisance or returning theme throughout both of these albums as here they return every night after the event after this kid fell in Kara who I'm guessing is the brother well it's the brother and the fireflies just continue to haunt our protagonist because you know they want him to remember what happened the music in this song is so frantic and hectic it, it, it's it's a two minute song it's a two minute song but once the vocals come in like it just picks up and it does not stop it it really see this isn't the atmosphere i'm talking about that these guys like to have and create in their songs it's not claustrophobic and it's not it doesn't feel like the walls are closing in. It doesn't feel like you can't breathe or you're suffocating. But they really, they really paint a picture with their instruments. Cause with how fast and frantic the music is, it, it feels like you're running through a dark forest at dusk, kind of like this kid is. Like something horrible has happened, and you kind of can paint that picture with the music of what's happening i i know i can kind of envision what is going on and uh kind of see this child running home through a forest full of fireflies particularly on the very last riff trying to make it back to you know get help right so now we get regurgitate that's why I kind of snickered a little bit because, you know, that's one of the songs on the album. Anyways, this is your first, like, real taste of what these guys are capable of. I mean, 
Diabolical Being has, it's got some really great instrumentation. It's got a cool solo. This is the first, like, I guess you could say full-length song that you get to hear. It's kind of a clean transition from Diabolical Being. And then you get this kind of fast-paced, like, kind of alternate picking riff immediately starting off in uh, in 4-4. And it's almost in the background, like, kind of in the very back of the mix. Then it comes to the forefront, accompanied by, like, a really deep growl. I almost tried to do the growl, but I don't want to wake up my children and my wife. And here we go. I just... When it comes to time signatures, I don't completely know if this is the right way to notate this thing, but this riff is played in 4-4, four, 4-4, four, 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 and then four measures of 4-4, four, four, and that's done one time. Then, on the second time, the last three measures of 4-4 four, four are replaced by one measure of 6-4. Now, <laughs> I don't know if I explained that very well, there's a lot of that in their music where you can just kind of, you pick up these patterns more. I, I, I've seen these things notated where it's like a time signature plus time signature, but that's how I've done it in my notes. I don't know if that's correct. Anybody who wants to kind of illuminate these things, feel free. I've only had one voice message so far, by the way. Thank you. Since this one's already kind of in motion, I'm gonna definitely like shout that guy out in the next proper episode that isn't an analysis because this I want to kind of keep more focused on the album itself. So you get that interesting kind of it's kind of the main riff of the song, then it's followed by a solo that it does sound new and it does sound different, but it also almost sounds like it's building on top of the solo from Diabolical Bean. And it goes over that same strange pattern I just detailed. And then you get a different riff, a very fast kind of riff that comes in. Now it's in 4-4. I don't, I don't think it's in that strange pattern. I'm pretty sure this is true 4-4. He breaks away finally from that pattern. Then he gives way to these this chuggy riff in uh, five four, which really sounds quite offbeat. It's kind of hard to count. And if I'm remembering correctly, there's another riff in here somewhere that sounds very similar. Is either in the same time or it's like one more beat. I can't remember. Then you get a riff similar to the evergreen riff from the last song, but it seems to be in the pattern from this song. The strange pattern. See that evergreen riff, it keeps it keeps coming back and kind of morphing to fit whatever mold it needs to for the song. And then the clean riff from the very beginning of the album comes back with drums and screams accompanying it a bit. Then the pace picks up a lot, like you get uh, furious drums, blast beats, and uh, it continues in 4-4. Then it breaks into, I, I think it's 11-8. Those really fast ones with a lot of notes, those fast time signatures and eights are really hard for me to count. I think it's 11-8. Uh, I felt confidently enough to note it down. So uh, I'm going to go with it. If I'm wrong, you know, I'm, I'm wrong. Then we return to 4-4, it seems, for another solo a very emotive solo it becomes more fast-paced after about 25 seconds and then the 11-8 kind of comes back in at a tempo shift and again at the very end of the solo then you get kind of an off-kilter riff similar to the original evergreen riff but in 5-4 like like i said it keeps morphing and doing whatever it needs to do to become what it needs to be for for the occasion the riff seems very off though it's a lot of times like they make these really off riffs that sound that sound one way but they are a totally different way and i, I love it i eat this stuff up um it almost sounds like the drums are stumbling 
in the way that they're played. It sounds like the drums are stumbling, tripping over things, which again, these guys, they know how to paint pictures. They're artists. They make art with instruments, their guitars and voices and drums and keyboards or their brushes. It's, it's really incredible stuff. And all the while, Adrian's screaming over top with growls. And he sounds, he sounds terrifying. He sounds terrifying here, but he sounds terrifying all the time. I'm, I'm almost, I almost wonder, spoiler alert, but they don't really have clean vocals. I almost wonder what his clean vocals would sound like. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I just imagine you'd probably be able to sing. You'd probably have a beautiful voice, but I feel like they, that's not something that they're interested in. Anyways, so the solo from the start of the song plays again here. Like you get the same solo, uh, but this time it ends with a similar feel to the Evergreen riff as the solo fades out. Then you get the clean riff from the beginning of the album, making another return. Uh, Adrian screaming over the riff now is almost like staticky and distorted and just unsettling. See, this is what I'm talking about now. It's giving me such an uncomfortable feeling that like even thinking about how that sounds, it's making my bones rattle and it's it's making me cover my ears. It's so un unnerving. Ugh. The, the atmosphere they make is something to behold. And then the song ends on a heavy kind of chugging 7-4 riff, similar to one of the riffs from Diabolical Being, slowing a bit as it goes along as Adrian is growling over it. It's kind of a groovy riff, kind of a groovy end that you wouldn't totally expect, but I mean, it's still pretty ominous sounding. So, these lyrics. Oh, man. So, the fireflies continue to haunt our protagonist until one night he hears a voice. It's probably in his head, you know, probably him going a little crazy from the guilt. But at the same time, this is a ghost story, guys. So, you know, just go with it. It's, it's a voice calling him back to the swamp. That's what it is. Doesn't matter whether it's in his head or not. He hears it. He or she, I'm not sure if this is a little boy or a little girl, but I know these are kids. The guilt begins to overwhelm this kid as they search for Kara, for their brother, fearful that they'll find them, that they'll find him dead. And as they search, they get more frantic and more just dread, seep, more dread kind of settles in and you know as they're fearful that they will find Kara dead and then just then they they see a bubbling pool in the muck and Kara's corpse rises to the surface with insects and it's described in the lyrics just vividly nightfall came and the haunting glow of fireflies revealed a boiling pool of muck in the mist. The insects drew closer. The trees began to shriek. I held my lantern out to see through the mist. He bubbled up to the surface. The cloud of insects grew, spewing forth mud and mangled by the swamp. See, you can totally just read these as kind of stories. There's some points where I mean, he says regurgitate release. So it's like, yeah, well, I guess that's a little bit more songy, but you know, and I mean, this, this kid is, this kid is just racked with guilt and fear at this point. The guilt was overwhelming. The sense of isolation began to set in the thought of finding a bacteria eaten water rotted corpse. This is stuff a kid shouldn't be dealing with stuff. Nobody should be dealing with really. But they are. <laughs> they just found their brother dead, waterlogged corpse in the muck of the swamp. And the, the music of this song really, it really sets a good feeling of dread. And 
guilt, um, the feeling of guilt here, they both are really illustrated well. And the music and the music gets more hectic as the tension grows, and it really helps kind of set you up for what you're gonna really witness with this character. And it outright punches at the end with that really groovy riff. And I don't know, that riff, it it does fit the scene. It does. I, I feel like it could fit it a little bit better, but I don't know how. So, I mean, it fits it fits the scene really well. And then when they say when the lyrics say nightfall came, that sounds like, well, I guess you would say the song from their debut, their full length, is a callback to this. This is why I say that a lot of these themes kind of tie into the other album, even though it's not like a continuation of that story or this story is like a part of that. It's it's more so that that album is based around like dreams, nightmares, and things like that. So. I think it's more of a collection of different ideas and concepts and dreams, nightmares, probably. And I feel, I don't know, I feel like this is a part of it. It could tell a whole story. I don't, I don't think it does. I think it's more so just a collection from what I've read from the guys, because it's, it's hard to decipher, but we're, we're going to try. So now we get Phantoms in the Mist. This is the one that kind of went over my head when I first listened to this. And it's not my favorite, but it's it, I, I enjoy it and appreciate it a lot more now. There's another clean transition between tracks here where it, it kind of throws you off and you would think that... <laughs> When you have transitions between songs like this, you th a lot of the time you think you know where the song cuts. Like you can just, I, I hear it. That has to be where the next song begins, right? Kind of like an intro riff or like an interlude kind of section. That's where you would think that it, um, that it cuts. Like, let's say, um, Between the Buried and Me on Colors, Informal Gluttony. Like it, it's a little, it's not really all that stark. Like you, when that, when that uh, opening drum pattern starts, that kind of eastern riff and drum beat, when that starts, like you can feel this is different from what I was listening to before. So, that's not what happens here. You get kind of this triumphant sounding riff that plays in six four, then six four, and then four four, and then Adrian's screams start to fade in after about two measures uh, and then as it plays through the music becomes more frantic and distorted and staticky with every measure that passes through the drums start becoming more furious double bass and blast beats and the screams become more frantic and panicked and then it all fades away and this is where I thought the song actually started until I realized, oh no, <laughs> that's actually like half a minute in. Well, closer to 45 seconds in, I guess. It's about it's about right. It's about 38 seconds in. So that's like right between 30 and 45 seconds. Anyways, a clean riff uh, begins here with it's like water dripping in the background. It 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 sounds like you're in a cave. This is where the atmosphere kind of confused me a little bit, but it's still effective once you realize what's going on. It, but it, it sounds like you're like you're wandering into like a kind of a watery cave, not unlike the cave in uh, the the rescuers. Anybody remember that movie where they put the little girl Penny in there to find the Devil's Eye diamond, and when the tide comes in, the cave fills up with water. It kind of makes me think of that. Also, we just watched that with my kids the other day, along with uh, Rescuers Down Under, the Superior Rescuers movie. i not ashamed to say it. Not at all. But I'm not completely sure the time here, because it's kind of hard to decipher, but I think it's 3-4. Uh, but with 
some variations. It's kind of a swaying kind of shambling riff that's hard to it's hard to pick up what it really is in, but it feels like three four. It feels like it could be something else, but it feels like it's three four. I don't know how to completely explain that. Then the drums and bass enter shortly after, along with Adrian doing his goblin shrieks, and it makes for a really sinister atmosphere. Someone's talking to me, and I don't know who it is. It's just some terrifying voice. It's like, it's almost, uh, I feel like Adrian's shrieks are kind of similar to uh, Slice the Cake's Odyssey to the West, which you you bet your ass I plan on covering that here at some point. I can't just do all the great stuff right up at the front. I wanted to wait to get into this stuff from Warforged, but since they're going now and for the foreseeable future continuing and this whole dream concept is going to be continuing I figure I might as well get started and what better day than Halloween to release an episode about a ghost story right so and I think it's uh, I can't remember it's uh, the dark carnival on that album there is a segment where Oh man, what is their vocalist's name? I can't remember his name. I know <sighs> some unprofessional Googling. Like, <sighs> I love this band. Gareth. Jesus. <laughs> How do I forget? How do I forget? One of my favorite bands in the past few years. Gareth. He's He's got this like, just demonic, gremlin, goblin kind of quality to his voice and it's just uh, it's just terrifying that's almost that's almost what adrian sounds like all the time when he does his shrieks but see it almost sounds like it almost feels like uh gareth was not taking the piss at that point but like it's meant to be an over-the-top character in that story it's meant to be an over-the-top moment but with warforged it's different it's not meant to be over the top it's not over the top it's not it, it's not over the top at all it's not understated either it's it just has a similar quality to that Ugh. gives you the heebies okay so back to the song then there's a slight change in the riff at uh at the end to a true three four feel it really is three four at that point you get these clean arpeggios ringing out as Adrian screams. Then distortion comes back in with some chords and bends and some palm mutes as the growls continue. And this is followed by a very evil, sinister sounding solo over that same riff that just played. And as the solo fades, cymbals and clean arpeggios from the beginning of the song return and ring out. This is pretty much how the song started. Adrian comes back and, you know, sounding incredibly evil. <laughs> After a few measures, the music dies down and only Adrian's and human screams, the drums, a little bit of bass and atmosphere are there. And then those fade as well. And all you hear is water drops in the background. Then the piano enters and you get this ominous atmosphere and then it sounds like everything almost goes down the drain like you just get this like like you've just been sucked into a whirlpool like you've just fallen down a hole like you're just gone the time here seems to be 6-4 and some light notes are played on the piano followed by silence and then we get a riff similar to the Evergreen riff coming in in 6-4. I say similar because it doesn't sound totally like the Evergreen riff. It sounds similar. It sounds like they're building on it. It sounds like it's morphing into whatever it has to be for the current setting. This riff comes in with pounding drums and screams. 
and then there's like a, a little break a second of silence not even that and then a new lead starts to play over that same kind of evergreen feel now in 5-4 as Adrian screams and the song fades out and that's that's not the end that's not the end lyrically that's the end of the story but that's not totally the end here Whew, man uh, these these progressive death metal bands I get you get a guy going out into space and then drifting to his death suffocating slowly and then now now you get this oh boy so so dreary as as the protagonist looks on and observes the scene of seeing Kara's body you know mangled and gross as a corpse the vines of the swamp itself start to take them in as this happens it cries out for Cora that they're still there of course to no avail the music didn't completely seem to convey the mood here it does but I don't know I thought something else was going on like just taking the music in itself not really taking the uh, not really taking the lyrics in to account but mm, it kind of throat threw me off a little bit but after knowing what's going on then yeah this this sounds really sinister and f frantic and well not frantic it's not frantic at all it's just a sinister song that sounds like you know somebody's being eaten alive by a swamp that's alive itself I felt like it could have been more frantic in some places to kind of you know show that our protagonist is basically being devoured by the swamp but it still sets the tone right I think and the sound effects like water and the, the like the going down the drain effect like you just gotta listen to that I can't I can't really describe it any better than I did I don't think and the distant cries from Adrian screaming in the background uh, it, it really brings everything together it feels like it feels like you it feels like you're drowning it feels like you're dying it's it's really good it's pretty effective and also I it's you could call it a call forward or you could say we've been here before the opening track from one voice is a call back to this album where he says I am alone again but yeah these lyrics it's uh it's pretty vivid like I said it reads like an actual story and even through the muck I could still hear the earth's shrill shriek its grip tightened the swamp waters pulled the air out of me poisoned and blind the swamp acted and tightly hid my body to decay its dark tainted heart brother I am still here in isolation I was murdered the shriek ceased and through the rancid mist I could barely make out a, cav a cavity in the mud his body was gone silence I was alone again alone with my thoughts I am alone again and then the very last part was any of this even real or just phantoms in the mist I'm still here waiting still here waiting it's heavy stuff heavy stuff really good stuff even though in my eyes we haven't really made it to the, the really good stuff and I feel like these guys may even get may get even better with time and then we get Tainted Heart which is the finale of this little EP the finale of this little this ghost story and it's it's an instrumental it starts with kind of a sinister horror movie like atmosphere um, sounds like it almost sounds like throat singing in the background but I'm pretty sure it's not it might be the stringed instrument from the first uh, song from the beginning of Diabolical Being which is probably the cello and then in 3-4 clean but pretty frayed arpeggios start to play they sound kind of off again um, they don't seem out of time they just seem kind of off I don't know how to explain it 
and you can hear Adrian screaming like far off in the distance as this song and the album come to a close. I'm not sure what those growls in the distance are saying. There aren't any lyrics included for Tainted Heart. I'm going off of the Bandcamp version that I have. And that's the end of it. So this kid, so basically this kid, their brother fell into the swamp and he ran back to get help, but never came back with the help and was haunted by fireflies showing up every night. And then they heard a voice probably Kara's or maybe the swamp itself calling him back and he went to the swamp to find his brother again and he found him dead and then the swamp took him too it kind of sounds like one of those maybe kind of a cautionary tale not quite one of the ones with morals like you know the moral of the story is you you know don't be a jerk and the swamp won't eat you it's more so just like you know one of those cautionary tales of you know the moral of the story is stay out of the swamp <laughs> because it's evil which uh, that's that's pretty on brand for these guys honestly yeah i really didn't totally appreciate this the first time i heard it but you know kind of coming up on wanting to do an analysis on one boys i thought i have to i have to cover essence of the land i have to look into it more and digging more into it I, I i've grown a great appreciation for it and i mean it's it's so easy to digest guys it's 15 minutes it's not even 15 minutes like you can just sit down and listen to it in a real quick burst and it's it's done it's it's amazing it's really good stuff and I see why people were so just excited about One Voice coming out last year because when this album came out, every, uh, the way people talk about it, because I missed this, I wasn't listening actively to metal, to metal and digesting new stuff. Guys, these these guys, these guys blew a lot of people's minds. People were hungry. They were ready for a full length, but then Warforge kind of drifted into the into the backs of people's minds because they, they, there was nothing from them you heard nothing there was silence basically but then they kind of just I don't I don't even know if it came out of nowhere because I didn't really follow the release last year but I know that when it came out I didn't really think much of it i've seen so many times on reddit on the prog metal subreddit that people post something that's brand new and i check it out and i'm like yeah it's pretty cool but it's not like i'm not like super hung up on it this was a total shock the first song i heard was uh, i think the first song i heard was seller well no the first i started the album from the beginning so we've been here before was the first song i heard and it blew my mind. We'll get into that when I actually finish the analysis. My plan originally was to just do both analysis at the same time and then have them released like a day apart from each other. But I decided, I realized that, you know, it's full disclosure, it's October 30th today. And I was like, I need something for Halloween. Like, it just doesn't feel right to have a metal podcast and not do anything about, not do anything for Halloween. So, what better way to celebrate the the day of witching, the witching hour, the, the All Hallows, All Hallows Day? Uh, what better way to celebrate Halloween than with a uh, spooky ghost story about a little kid getting eaten by a swamp and then another kid getting eaten by a swamp. So, yeah, guys, that's... That's Essence of the Land. Really good stuff. I can't wait to get into the into the full length. I can't wait. Alright, guys, that's going to do it for this one. Real quick, I restructured my Patreon because... I don't 
think that the first impression thing is really going to be something that I'm going to do. I mean, obviously, I don't have any patrons at this point, and I don't know if I can really sustain doing, like, extra exclusive content like that right now, the way, you know, the way my life is set up. I don't think I can really do that, and I'm going to not really tempt fate and just not do that for now. Maybe at some point I can, but instead what I'm trying is doing early access stuff. So I think I decided to do that after I recorded the last two episodes, the two Lucid Planet ones. And what I did was I uploaded all my episodes onto Patreon. So they're all available to uh, patrons, to patrons now. And then what I did with those was I recorded them and I put one on Patreon immediately. And then the next one was the next one was available on Patreon the next day as early access to uh, patrons. Then three days after they were released, they became public and they were released on, um, you know, Spotify and uh, Spotify, Anchor, Apple, the lot. And, um, I don't know. I, I don't know how that, how that's really working. Um, I also activated fan support on Anchor. So if you want to support me there, you can also support from Anchor on my Anchor account. If I remember correctly, there's just a little support button or there's just prices and you can click them and, you know, support with whatever you want to. And then with Patreon, it's just one tier and uh it's just the exclusive content for now or not the exclusive content the uh early access so that's what i'm gonna work with um if i get patrons that's that's great because then i could probably get some feedback on it if i don't well um you know it's 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 fun either way it's i guess you could say it's a waste of time but it's also fun and it's something to kind of you know escape so, if you would like to support, you can pledge to my Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash x3r0distortion. Uh, you can also click the support button or whatever kind of thing they have on the desktop site. I know the mobile site for Anchor has just a support button, but anyways, you can support there as well. And you can follow me at x3r0distortion on Twitter. And not a lot going on there. Just kind of uh, updating for when episodes come out. But um, if you follow there, you can see when the episodes come out. And also, you know, it's 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 a presence. It's a it's a social media presence. But anyways, guys, that's gonna do it for this one. It's a little long because it's a it's uh it's an analysis but i think the next one is or the next analysis is going to be a monster so uh yeah stay tuned hope you guys enjoyed until next time